The wait is finally over. The world's most captivating sport returns for another year of drama, intrigue, beauty and suspense. Football is back. and gentlemen, boys and girls, football fans from every part of our world, welcome to the first ever live recording of the Getting a Bit Messy podcast, the one-stop shop for everything a proper fan of the beautiful game might need to get up to speed before match day. I am Connor Donovan, joined by my wonderful co-hosts Nandan Nair and Thomas Pudiak, and we are so excited to break down this past week of breathtaking action from world football, or for some reason, as we insist on calling it here in the United States, soccer. We're going to break down our hour with you here today by breaking down some of the results and movements in the tables of the top five European leagues, kick it to a short break before our first ever honker of the week segment, which we'll explain later run down some of the news from this week's epic UEFA Champions League action and the Europa League matches, and then kick it to a final short break before doing a predictions at pace segment for the games this coming weekend, which we'll have a little fun competition for and keep track of throughout the season. So with that being said, jumping straight into two quick matches from this past Friday. First, the storyline was Sergio Ramos, returning to Camp Nou for the first time since leaving Real Madrid. And Sergio Ramos in this game scores an own goal, unfortunately, as Barcelona win 1-0 as he plays villain for the wrong team and scores an own goal off a Lamine Yamal cross as Barcelona again win that match 1-0. Barcelona keep the pressure alive at the top of La Liga, and Lamine Yamal continues to impress for Barcelona at the age of 16. I know one thing for certain, I certainly was not starting for the Barcelona first team at the age of 16. Jumping over to the Bundesliga now, it was Dortmund who found a 3-1 win away on the road at Hoffenheim. Marco Royce is still scoring goals for fun at the age of 34 and aging like fine wine, still making significant contributions for that Dortmund team. Julian Ryerson, the Norwegian left-back, scored unironically one of the best solo goals I think I've ever seen, which reminded me immediately of the goal that Hyungman's son scored against Burnley after dribbling from his own half of the field. It's now time to get into our first set of breakdown matches. Jumping to the Premier League, the first big result that we have, it's Aston Villa 6, Brighton 1, Ali Watkins off the mark, on the day with three goals and two assists to boot. Nandan, Thomas, I'm excited to get messy with the two of you here in the studio today. Thomas, I want to hear your perspective about Brighton. Brighton has been the team, the that sort of mid-table team pushing up uh, with lots of goals. Uh, Aston Villa, on the other hand, have been the mid-table team that, while not scoring as many goals, have had a, a significant boost in their points per game. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, they'll be a team to look out for for anyone looking for someone prom- pushing for Europa, if not, maybe, maybe, yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe. I have to say, it's Brighton are an interesting team because, you know, we have talked about with Roberto Zerba this year, they've been a really tactically brilliant team. However, what I have to note is that when they're good, they're really good. But when they're bad, they're, they're really, really, bad. really bad. Really bad. So it's going to be a question of can they really contain those highs and lows? Can they get to a little bit of a plateau which they can maintain? Yeah, absolutely. Holly um, Watkins, by the way, is... The one player in my FPL team who actually delivered for me this weekend. Yeah, big so. big shout out to anybody <laughs> anybody that took a chance on Ali Watkins playing Ooh. against Brighton this week. He scored 69 points total if you triple captained him Dance. in Fantasy Premier League, 23 points and 46 points if you captained him. So mm-hmm. hats off to you if you did captain Ali Watkins this week. That was a very good decision on your behalf. Also, this result I think highlights 
why we all love the Premier League so much. Mm-hmm. Because now we've had Villa beat Brighton 6-1, Brighton beat Newcastle 3-1, and Newcastle have beaten Villa 5-1. Unbelievable. So that's just created this really like unique, interesting triangle of results there mm-hmm. that I think is just absolutely fascinating. Why we love the game. Yeah, why we love the game. Exactly, Don Don. <laughs> um, we're going to move on from the Villa Brighton game and talk United Crystal Palace, where Man United continue to get it wrong yet again. Sorry, Man United fans, for anyone that's listening, even at Old Trafford. Sofian Amrabat still isn't a left back. <laughs> I'm not sure what Eric Ten Hag is trying to work there, what process is going on, but it's clearly not working. Mm-hmm. Um, Joachim Anderson scored. One of the goals of the season, I think, for Crystal Palace, a center back scoring a first-time volley straight off a corner kick, and he kept that thing hit, roofed it over Onana's head. Um, then moving on, moving on, not for lack of chances, by the way, in that game, Sam Johnston heroics are what kept Man United out of the goal. Absolutely, They did have a couple of good looks, and Johnston was just alert to every single one of them. Fabrizio Romano, after the game, it was reported that Man United will continue to back Eric Ten Hag, even though the seat has to be getting awfully hot at this has point, to be. Has to be. especially after the Champions League result, which we'll dive into later. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I'm, I'm a little worried for United right now. You know, it's been over a year now into the Eric Ten Hag project. He signed, what, $100 million on Anthony. He signed quite a couple of different players. Amrabat he brought in, ha- Hodgland he brought in. He's brought in quite a, a lot of big players, and quite frankly, they're not really showing up right now. So I'm not sure what the process is from here. Where do United go? I don't know. Is Eric Ten Hag the answer? Is the process the answer? Eric Ten Hag said uh, more right-wingers hit their girlfriend than trophies. That's a fun Ooh. fact of the week. Ooh. Wow. It's Ooh. not good. Um, wow. And Ooh. I think that might—I'll be honest. I think the Anthony situation may show some, some signs of some of the issues with uh, Ten Hag's reign— I don't know if this is just signings, what this is, but he's brought uh, Anthony back in um, after reports have obviously broken out about that. Jaden Sancho has refused to apologize. Still out. Yep. Uh, he's Sancho. It's it's been a case of two that Sancho has had other players in the team now come out mm-hmm. publicly and say, "Listen, just be the bigger man and apologize, and you'll get back into this team right now." I have to say, though, I mean, how old are we to be talking about apologizing at this age? I mean, oh, my at, God. At the highest level at the highest in the world, level of by the football, way, the Premier League, and we're, and we're talking, you have to wonder, talking maybe, about having to apologize. you got to think about what Ronaldo's interview now and think about, you know, the culture that he was talking about. Hmm, I wonder. Yeah. Just stir the pot a little. Big you know? question marks over that culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What a game, though. What a result for Crystal Palace for Roy Hodgson as well. Five consecutive away games unbeaten at Old Trafford. The theater of dreams, and Roy Hodson is clearly their owner. Roy Hodson absolutely loves the theater of dreams. Absolutely. It's also impressive coming back. Um, their game just before that was uh, in, was it the EFL um, or the FA? I believe one or the other, yeah. I, yeah, either. one or the other. You said it. And, <laughs> uh, and Crystal Palace played uh, Man United, and Man United blew them away 3-0. Looked nothing like this. Uh, was this just a case of, uh, I mean, Chris Palace had a rotated side. Um, is, that, is that where it's at for Man U? Is, is uh, first team, first team, Crystal Palace wins at Old Trafford? <laughs> is that where we've fallen to now? Is that where the mighty have fallen to? I wonder. It's, yeah. Just we're we're big, celebrating Carabao Cup wins now. Big, Lovely. big question marks right now at Old Trafford <laughs> and over Eric Ten Hag and the process, whatever that process might be right now in Manchester. Some might even say Eric Ten Excuses. The, uh, the, the other highlight game from the Premier League this past Saturday, obviously we have to talk about the Liverpool versus Tottenham game. Curtis Jones was sent off in the first half for a hard tackle on Destiny Udagi, which, by the way, I think one of the greatest names I've ever seen in football. <laughs> Sick. Uh, Tottenham strike first through a Youngman's son goal assisted by Richarlison and James Madison in the buildup yet again with laser-like precision, catching Joe Gomez off guard and finding Richarlison slipped in behind the defense. Then Cody Gakpo pulled one back just before halftime, but injured his knee in the process. And now reports are that Gakpo is going to be out until after the international break for Liverpool. So that's a big blow to the Liverpool attack. Diogo Jota then received a second yellow for diving in on Destiny Udogi 
45 seconds after a first yellow for another foul on Destiny Udagi, which, by the way, hilarious. I gotta say, that I, one, I wish one player got two others sent off in the same game. I feel like that should get you some. I feel she get some kind of award for that getting two players sent off in one game. I mean, wow. Credits to him, man. Jeez. Yeah, putting the team on his back and removing, <laughs> removing two of the Liverpool that, players. That's worth so much more than the two goals. That's that's what it means. And then um, um, Liverpool were forced to play down to nine men against 11 for 27 minutes and held pretty firm, you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pretty inspiring defensive performance. Um, Liverpool getting all nine people behind the ball for all 27 minutes of that game until Joel Matip blasted the ball into the roof of his own net in the final minute of stoppage time. Hell of a of finish. A, Hell of a finish. Of Goal Pedro of the season. Poro cross. <laughs> and Tottenham win 2-1 and prevent Liverpool from going top of the Premier League. Poro, by the way, celebrated that cross that deflected off of Matip and into the goal like he had just won the World Cup. <laughs> and that was, um, That's all we have to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's all we have to talk about from I that think game. So. Right? I think we can we're, we're definitely not going to have to come back to that one Pretty, in a little yeah. while. Absolutely not. They say. Great performance by the referees in that game. Unbelievable. Anyways, we're going to move on <laughs> to Girona 0, Real Madrid 3. This was a clash of number one versus number two, I believe. Number three in La Liga. Um, going into this match, it was Girona surprisingly sitting top of the La Liga table and Real Madrid sitting in third behind Barcelona. Needed to get a result in this game and did massively. Jude Bellingham again oh with God. a goal and an assist for the new Galactico. That's now seven goals in eight games for Jude Bellingham. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the assist to Hasselu on the goal was outrageous. The Travella assist with the outside of his right boot. Literally, you can see it on the pitch that he's learning every day in training from Luka Modric. And you have to say, I mean... I think this is one of those cases. It's really fascinating. Usually, when you have those big money signings, there's always this talk. You know, giving them they have to have time. They need to settle into the team. Give them one season. But Jude Bellingham, I mean, what 100 million euros, and he slots right in immediately, starts performing. I think that's I think that's how every 100 million plus signing should be. To be honest, I mean, gotta give it to him. It's unbelievable. In Re- at Real Madrid to be performing like this immediately, unbelievable stuff. What a talent. Yeah, unheard of, especially at the age of 20, huh? At the age of 20, yeah. I think one of the reporters accidentally said he was 28. He plays like he is. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God, yeah. the maturity. Age 20 worth $100 million. Meanwhile, I'm 23, and I couldn't get on the tee because I didn't have $2.40. <laughs> right there with you, brother, right there with <laughs> yep, you. Felt, felt that pain. Uh, um, anyway, that is the last big breakdown we have to talk about from that day of matches, going through some... Quick fire results here. We had Arsenal 4, Bournemouth 0, which gave birth to one of my new favorite chants in world football with Arsenal fans away at Bournemouth singing 60 million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores again to the tune of Shakira's Waka Waka from the 2010 <laughs> World Cup. Bit if, ironic. You haven't, if you haven't seen that one, look it up. It is fantastic. And the other storyline is that Arteta can't figure out how to rest players. You cannot, and I mean, I gotta say, firstly, can we can we give some credit first? Uh, Kai Havertz has scored a goal, which means we're all gonna die soon. Uh, the world is ending as we know it. Uh, but it was, it, I will say, it was a good gesture from the Arsenal team to let him get the pen. You know, it looked like he really needed that for his confidence. You know, also celebrating with him. Uh, as much as I despise Arsenal, I gotta give it to him. The culture there, yeah. they're building. Arteta's building a good a good culture around that team right now. But good lord, Arteta, please get Saka some rest. <laughs> I, I've heard he's. Uh, I've I've seen a report today that he may be able to catch some minutes in their upcoming game. I believe against City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Huge game. Uh, if he, here's a question: If he starts him and he pulls off injured a third time, what do they do with Arteta? Like, like, <laughs> like has that ever happened before? We were, they've started an injured player and had him get injured 20 minutes in three separate times. That has to have happened before, I swear. Especially if you think about the early days, there have to like the early days of the game, like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Back. I can't then. imagine anyone ever getting injured then. <laughs> I feel like they would just uh, tough it out. They would just like be like, okay, cool, yeah, you know. Um, Kai Havertz, by the way, any good? What are what are our thoughts on this? I I can well, I will I, for years and years at Chelsea I've tried to back this guy like ah people just don't mm-hmm. understand what he does. He's like you're like I love Thomas Muller and not always sometimes uh, assists but his stats don't always back him up. 
This Havertz guy, man, oh what God. does he do? I have to say, actual as a, question, not even in rhetorical. No, genuine. What does he do? I, I have to say, I mean, as a, as a Chelsea fan myself, I've had to defend this guy for years now. With you know, oh, he's just not playing the right position. You got to play him at center forward. No, you got to play him midfield. I have to say, I am so relieved he is gone, so I can stop this <laughs> facade, because I physically do not know what he does anymore. I think I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, weird situation with Kai Havertz. At, at, Don't uh, worry. At the, uh, once February comes around, for there's going to be a six-week period where he remembers how to play football again. So look uh, at Arsenal fans. All righty. Also in the Premier League, Luton Town with their first ever win in the Premier League. Congratulations to Luton Town. Also, I think incredibly fitting that it came over Everton out of all of the teams in the Premier League they could have beaten. <laughs> Luton Town win for the first time ever against Everton. So hopefully Luton can now continue that form at home at Kenilworth Road and pick up some more points for one of the best atmospheres in the Premier League, hands down. Absolutely. Then it was Wolves 2, Man City 1, which Um, was a shocking result, I think, to anybody that watches the Premier League. Pep Guardiola in the press conference leading up to that match, the Man City manager, called He-Chan Huang, the Wolves winger, the Korean guy when naming Wolves as attackers, but could name Marcus Cunha and Pedro Neto just fine. Then, He-Chan Huang goes out on game day and scores the game winner. Can't write this up. Absolutely cannot write this stuff. That was perfect script. Not and to mention the Wolves admin. Putting, I was I was about to say, yep. not on the Wolves admins having an absolute field, field day. day after the match. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Wolves do seem to be that boogie team for Man City, mm-hmm. don't they? I uh, do. Year after year, uh, Nuno Espirito uh, Santos, uh, uh, Bruno Lodge, everyone seems, it doesn't matter whether or not Wolves are having a good season or not, they seem to always beat Man City at the Etihad. Still remember Adama Traore bullying for Alon Mendy mm-hmm. that one year. That yeah. was unbelievable. Abs- absolutely, absolutely. Then we're going to move away from the Premier League and talk some La Liga very quick results. Sociedad 3, Athletic Club 0. The storyline from that one was that Takafusa Kubo, the Japanese prodigy, did the pulled hammy celebration into a twerk, which was <laughs> epic. If you, haven't, if you haven't seen the highlights from that game, go look it up just to watch that celebration because it was unreal. Wild seeds. Getafe and Villarreal played to a boring 0-0 draw. And then in Italy, in Serie A, it was... Lecce 0, Napoli 4. And Victor Osimhen scored in this game and refused to celebrate amongst all the drama that's been going on with the controversy surrounding a TikTok that was posted by Napoli's social team. Interesting stuff. You wonder where he's going to go next ma- what, next summer. Well, after the, after the match, he did come out and say that his love for the club is unwavering and that he doesn't plan to go anywhere. That which is, is true, but you, you gotta wonder. Which is a bit odd to me. It feels maybe like a little bit just of a PR, PR move statement. Yep. To like try to make sure that there's not many more stories the rest of the season. But mm. yeah, you have to think that Osman's on his way to a bigger club. Absolutely. Um, Milan two, Lazio zero, and the story from that one was that Captain America Christian Pulisic was back in the goals again with the Rafa Leao assist. Salernitana 0, Inter Milan 4. The story from that one, that Latoro Martinez was subbed on in the second half. Only got 35 minutes of playing time, but scored all four goals in that game, which mm-hmm. is absolutely mental to score four goals in 35 minutes of playing time. I believe he's the only the fourth ever player from Inter Milan to do, do such a feat in an entire game. And I saw a stat today saying that uh, in league play alone, only Erling Holland has scored more goals than Arturo Martinez wow. um, uh, for 2023. Imagine if only he could do that for Argentina. That World Cup run would have been so much easier. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, and then Bundesliga, it was a big match between Leipzig and Bayern Munich where Leipzig went up 2 nothing before halftime, but then Bayern were the ones to complete a second-half comeback after being 2-0 down. Harry Kane scoring again for the Bavarian Giants. Not sure, by the way, if anybody has seen the picture of Harry Kane at Oktoberfest <laughs> with the Bayern team. 
but I have never seen someone look less like they are about to drink the beer that they are holding. He 100% asked for that for a picture and then put it straight back down. You should have he, seen Sadio Mane do his. <laughs> he looked so uncomfortable. Um, then moving on, it was Stuttgart 2, Köln 0, and Stuttgart continued their impressive start to the season in Bundesliga after losing Wataru Endo to Liverpool in the transfer market. We had Leverkusen 3, Mainz 0. Leverkusen taking advantage of Bayern's dropped points to Leipzig. Mm-hmm. And they now go top of the Bundesliga. Xabi Alonso continuing to work wonders with that team because, as we all know, class is permanent. Leverkusen, deep European run? Who says no? Who says no? You never know. Yeah, abs- I would love to see them make a deep run in I Europe. Would. Are you kidding me? The that would be so fun. That would be like Ajax in 2019 mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. That ended well. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Um, then moving on to the French League, it was Clermont Foot and PSG playing to an ugly, ugly 0-0 draw that then gave Monaco an opportunity to go top of Ligue 1, beating Marseille 3-2 with a thrilling four-goal first half and then burying them in the second half. All I got to say about that. We got PSG got to stop playing Messi and Neymar, man. They're killing that team. <laughs> They're killing that team. And then, last but not least, from Saturday, it was the Battle of the Premier League dropouts. Southampton playing Leeds in the championship. The only storyline I have from this game is that the Leeds fans went absolutely mental in the concourses, despite being <laughs> 3-0 down at halftime. Great and thing. four hours away from home. They were on an eight-hour round-trip away match to St. Mary's. Fair play. So fair play to Leeds fans <laughs> going absolutely mental against Southampton. Then we're going to move on to Sunday where there was one big game to break down. That game was in La Liga, and it was Atletico Madrid 3, Cadiz 2. By the way, starting starting off talking about this match, since when is Axel Witzel a center back? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you wonder why uh, the minute they put him into midfield, they started playing well again. You know, I, I just wonder. Maybe if we play players in their right positions, maybe they do well. I don't know. Just me, though. Well, it's been odd. They've been playing him there for uh, about since he signed. Uh, it, he was only Which in the is... midfield for a few games. They've mm-hmm. switched into that back three now that they've been using more mm-hmm. and more. And uh, they have not yet they have not yet signed a center back to replace him. Which is odd because statistically, down the drain, he does not look fit there. He does mm-hmm. look good when he plays in that midfield where he was born to be. Not great in that center back role. I think they should buy another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. This was a top 10 clash in La Liga, and it was Kadith that took a shocking 2 0 lead 27 minutes into the game. Axel Witzel playing at center back when those two goals were scored. Then Axel Witzel gets moved back into his natural center mid spot. And, oh, look, Atletico Madrid have won the game 3-2 all of a sudden. <laughs> Surprising how that works. Uh, Angel Correa was at the double in that game, and Nahuel Molina added another goal Argentina to complete legends. the comeback. So it was a, a good day for the Argentinians. Also the at the Liga. double that game, VAR at fault. In my, I don't know about you. In my opinion, first goal for Cadiz, absolute fa- two probably. You you could kind of take your pick for fouls in the buildup there. First one way more definite than the other, but all in the buildup, and uh, and uh, somehow no offsides given for Atletico's first. We average out. Awesome. So we're gonna move over to quick fire results from Sunday now. Premier League. It was Forest one, Brentford one. And Forest continue their impressive home form to start the season. They've been very, very hard to beat at home. If I were a Premier League club, I would not want to be playing Forest at home in my next game. <laughs> Atalanta and Juventus played to a 0-0 draw that Thomas, you told me the other day, was just a quote-unquote boring, boring game. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> and Fair enough. That's pretty much all there is to say about that Life one. Life is a Chelsea fan for Roma you. Roma be- beat Frosinone 1-0. Lukaku scoring again for Roma and the referee going down with cramp. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. Uh, back to the French League. Rhymes to Lyon 0. Lyon's season continues to get worse. They now find themselves all the way at the bottom of the league on table, and the ultras are completely fed up. 
Manager Will Still for Rhymes continues to impress despite being hired without proper licenses based on his football manager experience. I got to hop on football manager, man. That's my next chapter. <laughs> that's how, yeah, it's, that's the get in point. You got to get on football <laughs> manager, man. Shout out, shout out to shout Will out Still, football, football manager. manager legend. <laughs> and then finally, it was Nice Zero Zero Breast. Shout out to the best match on the annual calendar. <laughs> and I think, in terms of scoreline, the best match ever, potentially. <laughs> Jumping jumping to a Monday breakdown for you guys. We have Fulham 0 to Chelsea. Holy Let's moly. Go. We and remembered how to play football. What a weird, weird day in London. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say right now, Connor Gallagher might be what we thought Mason Mount would be. I never thought I would say that in my life. I don't know what Potch did to him, but the guy can ball. What can I say? I mean, wow. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair uh. play. So it was Mikalo Mudrik scoring his first ever Chelsea goal. Cole Palmer, the Manchester City signing, was unreal in this match, doing loads in the buildup mm-hmm. for Chelsea, creating opportunities left and right. Armando Broja also found the back of the net for Chelsea for the second goal. So that's now Mudrik and Broja in the goals on the same day for Chelsea. So that is just outrageous to me that both of those people scored on the same day. I haven't seen us play competent football in so long. I, you don't understand how happy this result made me. This made my week. <laughs> then then uh. there was some Brazilian beef in this game. Not sure if anybody watched the game, but Carlos Vinicius got away with blatantly punching Thiago Silva in the back of the head. You can't even do that in the UFC, let alone the Premier League. I mean, yeah, oh my that's, God. that's a foul in the UFC, but if you look at if you look at the replay, Vinicius literally locks eyes with mm-hmm. Thiago Silva, winds up a full punch, and just lets one loose on there him. There was menace. No questions I'll asked. tell you what, I did that in Little Building the other day. They were not <laughs> happy with me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some different punishments there. <laughs> um, but yeah, just what a weird, weird day in London overall <laughs> to see both of those goal scorers and Chelsea playing some, like Nandan said, competent football for the first time in forever. Uh, the only other match from that day was Fiorentina 3, Cagliari nil in Serie A, and that was another one that was a pretty straightforward 3-0 result. Fiorentina were impressive and there's not that much more to say about it. There wasn't too many implications. That puts Fiorentina fifth in the Italian league now. And now it's time to get to our Champions League breakdowns. So, starting off on Tuesday with Man United 2, Galatasaray 3. Wow. Wow. Just wow. This is why we love this game. <laughs> <laughs> we talked We talked already about how Man United can't get anything right at the moment, and it only got worse this past Tuesday. Nothing Ras- went their way. Rasmus Hojland put United 1-0 up. Man United then proceeded to concede six minutes later, and of all people, it was Wilfred Zaha. Former, former Man U boy. Mm-hmm. A back. former Man U product come back to score against them in Europe. Hoslin then puts Man United 2-0 up, and oh wait, Man United concede only four minutes later this time. <laughs> I gotta say, they're consistent. They're they, consistent hey, in what least, they do. At least they're consistent, man. At least they're consistent. Consistently crap. Casemiro <laughs> then received his third red card of the season in the 77th minute with a horrible slide tackle from behind in his own penalty box. But then... Jeez. You have to... It, Three red cards for Man United, only maybe one or two, I think, for Real Madrid. What's going on? Don't know. He's being forced to do too much is what's going on. He's mm. being forced to compensate for other areas that they're lacking in. Mm-hmm. Then Moro Icardi missed the penalty off of the Casemiro foul. The best part about it, though, Icardi then comes down the pitch and scores only three minutes later because Sofian Amrabat, again, still not working at left back is caught five yards behind the defensive line after failing to clear a cross up the field. He chips Andre Onana with acres of space to run into. Galatasaray go up 3-2 and hold the result for the rest of the day. Well, with Casemiro red carded out, this might be his chance to actually play right in this position, huh? (laughs) You also have to say, David De Gea, currently a free agent. Meanwhile, Andre Onana gets the start for Man United just because he's good with his feet. Very Speaking of good with his feet, he gave away the ball that led to uh, Casemiro's red. Now, was it a good tackle from Casemiro? No. 
in my opinion, though, I actually think it was the right decision from him. Uh, I think Onana gives away the ball in a very, very dangerous place, leading to a shot on target. He does the right thing. He takes him down, making it so rather than a confirmed goal, it's a penalty. And he was right. He missed the penalty. So in, from Casemiro's point of view, he makes up for the Onana mistake and prevents a goal completely. And uh, it was uh, only uh, his defense to thank for uh, going down that uh, 3-2. Yeah, 100%. Just rough, rough day again to be a Man United supporter. I don't feel for you if you are. If you are, I hate to break it to you. I, unfortunately for you, am a Liverpool fan. So, Anyways, moving on, we had Lons 2, Arsenal 1. Again, Bukayo Saka not getting enough rest. Out again, injured with a knock in this game in the first half. An uncharacteristic uncharacteristic away loss for Arsenal in Europe. Mikel Arteta also refusing to rest some of his other key players. And for some reason in this game, world-class goals were just being scored for fun. (laughs) You have to say, for a team that boasts that they're among the best in the league... They're not really showing it right now, you know? I, I I hear a lot of Chelsea slander from Arsenal fans, but all I'm, all I'm going to say is once you guys put your UCLs on the table, then we can talk. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, at least they're at the table. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say three words for you, and I want to get some thoughts on this. Emil Smith-Rowe. What's the deal with him? I, I, he played, uh, I think it was about two years ago now, comes in, scores like 10 goals in 11 games, something crazy like that. Looks absolutely great. He's sort of a winger, but he kind of tucks in to allow overlaps. In my opinion, I, th- in my opinion, I thought maybe he could have been uh, played instead of Kai Havertz. Seems to do the same thing. An academy product saves them money in case they need to spend it, considering they sort, uh, sold Balagran. Uh, and now uh, they send Saka back out to get injured again. What what does he have to do to uh, get some game time? It's 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 a bit sad considering for the solid part of their banter era for the last two years, he was <laughs> single handedly carrying them through. So the the disrespect on his name to throw a sixty million dollar Kai Havertz in there who doesn't really do anything. You're really distancing yourself, huh, Chelsea fan? <laughs> hey, I <laughs> hey I went through hell for four years with this man. All right, I have to. In a Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the Champions League, hey, isn't, hey. isn't that the truth? Lons <laughs> <laughs> fans had a blast at this game, taunting the away Arsenal supporters, flashing them pictures of the Tottenham badge. <laughs> Class. And this is a game that Arsenal was sure to look at and hope that they could have built some momentum in this game before playing Man City this coming weekend. Yikes. Not going well. Then moving on, we had Napoli and Real Madrid playing a thrilling Champions League match where it was Real Madrid 3 and Napoli 2. And serious question, is there anything that Jude Bellingham can't do? Nothing. He does it all. He does it all, man. I mean, wow. Like He could, he could coach them at this point for all I know. If An- Ancelotti picks up a knock or something, throw Jude Bellingham in there. Him and Ancelotti, him and Camavinga, they can do everything. Most informed player in the world? I would... I, I mean, don't know. I mean, it has to be at this. I point, don't know right? who else can put an argument against. There's, I don't think there's anybody in world football that can hold up an argument against Jude Bellingham right now. Agreed. Some quick fire Champions League results from Tuesday. Actually, a Premier League game snuck in here. Burnley two, Luton Town one. Luton not able to replicate that winning game against Everton at home. But the highlight is that Luton winger Alfie Dowdy now leads the Premier League in chances with 3.7 a game. Next closest player has 3.3. That's kind of outrageous. Copenhagen in the Champions League hosted Bayern Munich, unfortunately lost 2-1 after going going up 1-0. Then it was Eindhoven and Sevilla playing a thrilling 2-2 draw. Union Berlin losing to Braga 3-2 after going up 2-0 with their first first two ever Champions League goals. And then they choked the rest of that game away. So that was a very, very sad day, especially at home. Salzburg were unable to replicate their impressive win against Benfica and lost 2 nothing to Sociedad. And then Inter beat Benfica one nothing, And they now go top of the table in that group. Story from that game, Lotaro Martinez, after scoring four against Salernitana, couldn't buy a goal to save his life in that Champions League game. First time in a while I've seen someone have that many chances and not find the back of the net. 
mm, by the end of the day. You clearly didn't watch him in the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, that is true. He was he was a little bit. He was single handedly playing for France in that game. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> Anyway. All right. We're going to move on to our Wednesday breakdowns to try to get through the rest of these here so we can get to our first Honker of the Week segment. For Wednesday, the big, big game to break down, Newcastle 4, PSG 1. What a day at St. James's Park. Two words. Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne. PSG, PSG's, or no, excuse me, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> The thing I saw today, the social post said that Newcastle, PSG thought so much about how Newcastle was going to handle Dan Byrne versus <laughs> Oh, I've seen this. They didn't that think they about... never stopped to think how PSG would handle Dan Byrne. <laughs> I, if you told me two years ago that Dan Byrne was going to score a towering Brexit header against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League, I would have thought you were delusional. I would have thought you were stupid. Wow. And then we had Miggy Almiron scoring the first goal for Newcastle's return to the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Replicating Sh- his success in the MLS. I was about to say showcasing the MLS to Europe pipeline that our <laughs> friends over at Football is Life love so dearly. Shout out to our boys over there. Our friends. <laughs> then, then, then Fabian Cher in that game unleashed one of the greatest hits I think I've seen from a center back. Take a maybe, bow. maybe since the Vincent Company goal against Leicester. Orlando. I think that was the last time I saw a center back score a goal that good. Mm-hmm. And he hit that thing falling off balance, falling to the floor. So ridiculous. Saying it right now, Newcastle are top in this group 100%. I, honestly, I could see it at the rate that they're playing at right now. There's not many teams that could hang with them. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. moving on, we had Barcelona beating Porto one nothing. Very, very tight game. Incredibly Barcelona... tight margins. Incredibly tight margins. Barcelona clashing again with Pepe in the Champions League. <laughs> a tale as old as time. How is he still playing? He's. I swear he must be like 43 by now. Oh, my God. He must be, right? He must be. And then our other storyline from that game is that there was a handball call on Jao Cancelo originally that was then VAR'd and brought back for a handball first on Eustachio. Mm-hmm. Also, a little shout-out to Jules Koundé and Aron Larujo from the Barcelona defense. Some incredible last-minute defending towards the end. That whole Barcelona defense right now is incredible. You know, you got to wonder, what if Lionel Messi had this defense back in 1819? He probably would have delivered that treble. You have to think. Yeah. Uh. Atletico Madrid beat Feyenoord 3-2 in the Champions League, and that was another thrilling comeback from Atletico's point of view, another comeback at home. And again, Axel Witzel starts at center back. And again, <laughs> Atletico Madrid go down 1-0 early. And again, Axel Witzel moves from center back. And again, Atletico Madrid win the game. Crazy how that works. I'm convinced Simeone just wants to make his job harder for themselves. This must be some kind of trick. Yeah, Simeone just decides, guys, we need to concede one first. Make yeah. this a challenge. We got to give them a chance. Time. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that, that was our last kind of breakdown game from Wednesday's Champions League. So quick fire results. We had Lazio 2, Celtic 1. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I feel so bad mm. for Celtic after this game. What a weekend it for was, VAR. What a weekend for VAR, man. Pedro. You guys remember Pedro? Oh, yeah. Premier League, Streets Remember Pedro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pedro scores a 90th plus five header to win at the death for Lazio at Celtic Park. The atmosphere at that game was incredible. Celtic thought they had won it. They thought they had gone up 2-1 late in the game. <laughs> Luis Palma was actually our honorable mention for honker of the week scored what he thought was a legitimate goal then celebrated like crazy went knee sliding to the corner ripped his shirt off started swinging it over his head like a madman was booked with a yellow card for taking his shirt off and then var reviewed the goal and the goal was brought back for offside gives me some serious richarlison vibes very very <laughs> serious richarlison throwbacks uh and then we have Dortmund and Milan playing to a boring 0-0 draw where neither team could break the deadlock. American Gio Reyna did not feature in that game for Dortmund. 
hasn't featured much all season. I'm a bit curious as to what the Giorena situation is right now at Dortmund. Leipzig were hosting Man City, lost 3-1 in Jasko Gvardiol's return to Leipzig, this time in Sky Blue. And then we have Belgrade 2 and Young Boys 2, which was a thrilling 2-2 draw, a very back-and-forth game. And then Antwerp 2 and Shakhtar 3, in which Toby Alderweireld had a chance to win the game, front, or excuse me, equalize the game from the penalty spot at the death and dragged his penalty kick wide of the goal. Hey, you know what they say, you can take the man out of Spurs, but you can't take the Spurs out of the man. As Antonio Conte once said, it is the history of Zidane. <laughs> Bonucci, yep. All right, moving on to the Thursday Europa League games. These ones are all going to be quick fire because we're running out of time here and we need to get on to Honker of the Week. So Thursday breakdown is going to be Liverpool 2, Union Saint-Gerois nil. And this was a game that was a fantastic day for the McAllister family. Shout out to Alexis and Kevin's dad, Carlos, who was at Anfield to watch his sons go head-to-head against each other. They had one of the most wholesome interviews I think I've ever seen. So wholesome. Posted to the Europa League account prior to the match. And then I was absolutely adoring all of the content I got that day of the two of them linking up in the tunnel, on the pitch, just soaking in the moment together and taking every last second of it. Ryan Gravenberg was especially impressive in that game for Liverpool again in European competition. He grabs his first goal for the Reds, and hopefully he can continue that run into the Premier League now. Then, quick-fire results. We had Marseille 2, Brighton 2. Brighton go into France and get a result. Fair play. Barely. Yeah. Very barely. Very barely, but they will be happy with that one after dropping their first Europa League match, shockingly, at home to AEK Athens. And they went 2-0 two two down in this game. This was a late, late comeback show from uh, from Brighton. Mm-hmm. Good to get a result like that, though, after getting embarrassed by Aston Villa in the Absolutely. Premier League last weekend. They needed to respond. Then it was Freiburg hosting West Ham, and West Ham coming out on top 2-1 in that game. We had Roma play Servette. Roma won 4-0, and Romelu Lukaku was again in the goals for Roma. I don't know how many games in a row that is for Lukaku now with a goal, but it seems like he's starting to score for fun again. Something ridiculous. Which it's... Which, as a Chelsea fan, I don't know how you feel about that, Nandan, but personally, I love it when Lukaku is scoring for fun. You know, I I have a mixed relationship with Lukaku. I I didn't appreciate that interview. Uh, I didn't really appreciate a lot of what he did at Chelsea, especially because we paid over $100 But you know what? As long as he's scoring somewhere and he's not on our payroll, that's all that I care about. Well, he should be scoring. Servette's French for toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... All right, and that's all we have from this past week's matches in terms of results. So we are going to take a short break here, and then we're going to come back for our Honker of the Week segment, which we are going to explain to you guys right after this short break. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Getting a Bit Messy podcast, and it's time for Honker of the Week. <laughs> this week's Honker of the Week is awarded to none other than Premier League match official Simon Hooper and the PGMOL or Professional Game Match Officials Limited for what can only be described as none other than an absolute nightmare at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this past Saturday for the Spurs versus Liverpool match. In a game words. that they'll surely be wanting to never look back on again. In the words of Didier Drogba, it's a disgrace. It's, <laughs> it's a, a disgrace. Di- it's a disgrace. It's the end of that quote. <laughs> we don't, we don't need to I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm, if I speak, in, big I'm in big trouble. Luis Diaz clearly was onside for his disallowed goal that would have seen Liverpool 1-0 up on the road. A miscommunication with the VAR room who believed the call on the field was a goal. And they were letting that decision stand, not realizing that Simon Hooper had ruled the goal offsides and that it needed a second look to correct the error. Due to the miscommunication, the lines that normally are drawn to show offsides for viewers on the television were not established on the screen, leading to mass confusion from football fans and pundits on television around the world. 
Curtis, actually, you know what? Before before we go into the rest of this Hunger of the Week segment, I actually have the audio footage to play from this discussion from VAR. So let's take an exclusive look at this really quick. So, frame, that's fine. Frame two, you there? Perfect. I've got yep. the time on this. I've got 2D line on the left boot. Yep. Well, let me Romero just switch angles. Is. I think it might be this angle better. Hey. Happy okay. with this angle? Yeah. Yep. 2D line on the boot. 2D line on the boot. Yep. Okay. Wait, no way. So 2D line on the boot. I'll, I'll check in. complete. Check complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Off. Thank you, mate. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. On-field decision was offside. Are you are you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this? Offside decision. Right. Go. Yeah. That's, no, that's what it does. What? On-field decision no. was offside. Are you happy with this Never image? Yes, yeah, onside. The image we gave you is onside. Left back. He's played. He's yeah. gone offside. Out. Delay, delay, delay. Ollie's saying to delay. Ollie's saying to delay. Pardon? Ollie's calling in to say delay the game. Oh my god. All right. All right. So let's break down what we just heard. What we just heard was a conversation between head official Simon Hooper and the replay operators in the VAR room. The person that you hear give the explicative is VAR official Darren England, who, after this match, it was announced, will no longer be an officiant for any of Liverpool's matches for the rest of the season. But guys, how did this one go so wrong? I have to say, guys, can I just say real quick, it is absolutely astonishing to me that I pay more attention to the U12 games that I ref on the weekends than the VAR officials pay attention to in Premier League games. That is absolutely laughable. I, I'm I'm shocked. I gen I'm I, I'm not even shocked because it's been going on like this for way too long. I'm not even I'm not even surprised. They're gonna they're gonna get away with the slap on the wrist at the end of this. Nothing's gonna happen out of it. It's insane. Yep. That does actually sound like me uh, referring U12 games, <laughs> just dropping f bombs on the side. Yeah. Um. No, I don't understand. They keep saying it's miscommunication. I don't understand how this is possible. It can't be a miscommunication between them, because. Of the images, this mm-hmm. is what's so so baffling to me is they thought he was on sides. This cannot be just a aud- auditory miscommunication because I'll tell you there were millions, millions of people watching this game. Not a single person watching the game thought the ruling was on sides. Not a single mm-hmm. person. I mm-hmm. didn't. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Nope. And it's impossible to when you watch the images. The, there's a big close up of the guy with the raising his flag, the assistant raising his flag. They start the free kick. They start with the free kick. Not at the halfway line. Nobody, there was only one person, one person who possibly could have thought it wasn't given as offsides. I don't understand how this is possible. It doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, I got to wonder, I saw a little post earlier that uh, the Premier League cannot move forward with getting the automated, like the offside and goal line technology that we saw at the World Cup. They cannot move forward with that because of their deal with Nike. Which is does not make any sense to me no. because how outrageous. does Nike? It's outrageous. Outrageous. The PGMOL man, some serious investigation is needed up there. Anyways, I felt bad for Simon Hooper originally after this giant VAR mix-up because I think Darren England was the one mainly at fault in mm-hmm. this scenario for letting this go. I agree. But then Simon Hooper sent Curtis Jones off for a fifty-fifty tackle <laughs> that was then reviewed by VAR in which. People who have played the game will look at that tackle and tell you he went for the ball, there was no malice in it, his foot slipped over the top of it, and made unfortunate contact with Destiny Udagi's leg. Unlucky. Mm-hmm. That's that's a yellow, I feel like. A yellow. Most. I, I think that's definitely not a red. Which I agree with. I agree it's a yellow card, but I think that to go anything further than that is harsh Absurd. because there was no malice in the tackle. No malice. 100%. Not, a, not with force. Nope. Uh, not a particularly high. It bounces off the ball. Yeah, his foot kind of rolls off of it, so it's, it's very harsh to give a red for that. And then Destiny Udagi earns Diogo Jota <laughs> a yellow card for basically just running in front of him and tripping. And then Jota earns himself a second yellow card less than a minute later for lunging into another late sliding tackle again on Destiny Udagi. So Liverpool go from 10 men down to 9 and will be feeling in this match as if they've just come out of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium playing 9 versus 12. Simon Hooper in the PGM. PGMOL, take a bow because you have set the bar extremely high for our first Honker of the Week segment. <laughs> and this is going to be one incredibly tough act to follow. So the way our, we're going to move on because we're running out of time here. But the way our predictions at pace segment works is we're going to pick five or six highlight matches from the next week of games, keep track of how many points we score for each, week, 
each week's predictions. We each get a point if we predict the result right, aka win, draw, loss, and an extra bonus point if we manage to get the scoreline exactly right from that match. So with that being said, first big matchup of the week, Nandan, you're going to go first, Arsenal versus Man City. I'm going 2-1 City, nothing too basic. 3-1 City. Thomas says 3-1 City, and I say 2-1 to Man City, and please get that boy Saka some rest. Mm -hmm. Moving on, West Ham versus Newcastle. I say 2-1 to West Ham because I think it's going to be a tough match for Newcastle playing 150% effort against PSG for 90 minutes to turn around and play away at West Ham. Mm. Nanda? I say 2-2 draw. They both had tough European games. I think 2-2. Okay, Thomas? Uh, Two on West Ham. They cheese these somehow, always. (laughs) (laughs) Then we're going to move on. It's going to be Atletico Madrid versus Real Sociedad. I say 2-2 draw. Very exciting one, though. I say 1-0 Athletic part the bus and win it. (laughs) Thomas? 2-2. They cannot drive that bus for the life of them (laughs) right now. Then we're going to go at Napoli versus Fiorentina. I say 3-1 to Napoli. I'm gonna go two nil to Napoli. Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil to Fiorentina. I, I, I'm gonna expect a little bit of a shock here. Interesting. Then it is for the international break: Spain versus Scotland. And you know what? I say three one to Scotland. I say two nil to Scotland because Scotland <laughs> Scott McTominay is the new prime R nine. Uh, I'm gonna go one nil Spain. This game's gonna suck in my opinion. <laughs> Scott McTominay scoring goals for fun in the Scotland national team. Netherlands versus France. I say two two draw. Another very exciting one though. I say no no. This is gonna be a snore fest. I can Ooh. feel it. I th- it's gonna be a draw. Two two two. I'll go with two two. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we go, a special shout out to any of our listeners here in the Boston area. Be sure to make it out to support the Emerson College men's and women's soccer teams down at Roch Field in the South End. The men's team return home to face MIT in a crucial conference game next Saturday at 1 p.m. that sees a rematch of last year's conference semifinals, while the women's team returns October 18th for another crucial conference match against Wellesley College at 6 p.m. Get out to Roch and support the Lions if you're free, and who knows? You may even bump into me as I'm doing one of the broadcasts for the game with Emerson Channel Sports. Unfortunately, that's all we've had time to talk about here today, but thank you so very much for tuning in to the first ever recording of the Getting a Bit Messy podcast. If you've liked the show and want to send us a message, we encourage you to do so by sending an email to gettingabitmessy at gmail.com, and we'll feature our favorite fan message every week on the podcast to return some of that appreciation and love back to you, our fans. I have been Connor Donovan, joined by my good football-loving friends, Nandan and Thomas, and we hope to see you all right back here next Friday at 9 p.m. to get messy with us here in the studio. Good night, guys. And good luck. Good luck.